So we're going to continue our series um, this week and, uh, on how to be brave. And uh, can you put up my first slide? So I've been reading this book. And uh, it's, it's, it's a book some of you have probably read. And, you know, I kind of feel a little embarrassed reading it because, you know, it shows that I'm trying to whatever. It's the seven habits of, like, a successful person or something. Um, I'm really trying to learn how to be a good person. So he quotes this thing in here, and I was thinking about it. Um, sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap character. Sow character, reap your destiny. And I thought, man, that is so real and so powerful, and I wanted to use it so I... I looked online to see who said this originally, and there's like no consensus as to who said it. There's like eight or nine people that they give credit to. So I just want to publicly declare that, um, that I said this, okay? So this is me. I made this up. Um, you know, if no one else is going to claim it, I got it. So isn't that profound, right? So sow a thought, reap an action. Listen to this. It starts in our brain. It starts in our thought life. Thank you, Samuel. Sow a thought. Re- Wait, I fill it to the top there, buddy. It goes all the way out to destiny because what we think we become, what you think repeatedly you become, what you think on an ongoing basis defines your life. Uh, King Solomon, who is one of the ancient kings of Israel and wrote a book that we call Proverbs, he had this to say, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As we think, so are we. That's who we become. And you know, what's interesting is there's so much power in our thoughts, and yet I think we give ourselves the greatest latitude in our thoughts. Think about this. Get that? That's a pun. All right, think about this. There are many times that you think things that you would never do. How many times? Let's not raise our hands, but how many times have you thought something that you would never do? Because you know it would be wrong to do, but you let yourself think it. How many times have you had really big arguments with people in your head? You know, and if I, one of these days I'm just going to, and you like throw down and you're screaming and yelling and you tell them off. How many times have you had physical altercations? Have you ever imagined fighting somebody? I mean, it's all stuff that you wouldn't do in person. Then you see that person later and you're like, hey, right? There's your thought life. You, we, we don't, we, we think you know, sexual thoughts that we would never act on. We think hatred type thoughts that we would never act on. We think judgmental thoughts that we would never say to someone. Someone walks into church and you look at them and you think like five things and what you say is, I'm so glad to see you. I mean, no, we don't do that here. We don't do that here. But, right, we, we, have, we, we have no self-control or little self-control in what we let ourselves think about. And yet, because I think we think it's not hurting anybody. I'm just thinking about it. As long as I don't do it, as long as I don't say it. But our thoughts become our destiny. Our thoughts become who we are. I was reading about uh, this lady who, um, she lost two children and then uh, two, two of her, two twins passed away and then her marriage fell apart. So in part, part of her therapy, she started doing some meditation and she started a meditation app. Um, it's called OMG, I Can Meditate, in case you want to look it up. And this is what she says, we have forty to 60,000 thoughts a day and we're usually worrying about our past or our future. So Jonathan covered worry last week. So we got all these thoughts, and we've talked about how thoughts are powerful, how thoughts define your destiny, how thoughts define your character and your future. What percentage of our thoughts are negative about ourselves? What percentage of our thoughts are worrying about our past and our future? And here's, the, here's a few examples, all right? 
So like some of you who are single right now have this worrying thought. And I'm not talking about once in a while. I'm talking about racing thoughts. I will never be happy unless I meet someone. I'll never be happy unless I meet someone. I'll never be. Maybe you even start saying it out loud. You start saying things like, I'm never going to meet anybody. We don't have to worry about that because I'm never going to meet anybody. You start saying negative things about yourself. I am not a good fill in the blank. You know? And you, you start saying that. You think them. You think them. And then you start saying them. Well, I'm not a very good mom. I'm not a very good husband anyway. I mean, I try all I want to. You don't think I'm a good husband. You start putting it on other people. Things have been good for me for a while. Did you ever get into this? It's like superstitious Christianity. Things have been good for a while, so something bad's about to happen. It's the other shoe syndrome, right? Or I just messed up, and so something bad's going to happen. I just let God down, or I let someone down, so God's going to punish me. He's going to smite me in some way. Just can't wait. One of the kids is going to get sick, or my car's going to break. You know? I know people think like this because I do. Something bad is going to happen to my kids when they are at fill in the blank. And maybe some of you, you know, um, Christine and Mandy are very different people. Christine was, uh, she was up here giving a word earlier. She's a friend, friend of ours. And uh, Mandy, you know, anytime she lets the kids go anywhere, she feels the need to say that she loves them before they go because you never know. That could be the last time you see them. Something horrible could happen. And Christine doesn't even bother to tell her kids she loves them. You know? She just knows. Like, she doesn't ever think my kids might die at school. How do you not think that? I don't know. She never thinks, like, my kids might come down with some horrible virus at school today. But, you know, some people are wired this way, and here's what happens. Ah, just take a look at that. Some of you I know are getting stressed out. No, the reason I put this here is, where is that person walking? That person's walking on the what? The path. It's it's not a trick question, guys. You You can all get this one right. Why is he walking, or she, I can't really tell. Why is that person walking on the path? Okay, it's safe. It's where you're supposed to walk. How do you know it's where you're supposed to walk? Yeah, it's there, right? Uh, how did it become that? God didn't make that path. It start, people walked there one time. The first guy was like, you know what? I'm going to walk here. They called that person a trailblazer. And then the next person walked there. And then the next person walked there. And then the next person walked there. And it became a path. How come he's not walking up here? Look how pretty it is. He could go anywhere he wants to. We, we walk in paths, and this is how our brain works. And when you think a thought, you build a, a brain path. You build synapses, and then you think it again, and you think it again, and you think it again, and you think... It's really funny that Lynn is here, because Lynn's given this exact teaching before. By the way, I'm stealing all your material, all right? And I'm not giving you any... I'm giving you credit now, but... Uh, Lynn, uh, Lynn did some great counseling for Mandy and I years and years and years ago, and she started talking about this with us back then, and I've learned a lot from her. So this is, this is what we do, and when you decide that this is your path, I'm not a good mom, I'm not a good mom, I'm not a good mom, you, you, your brain, and we're going to get more on this, but your brain follows the path of least resistance. So if you've created a brain highway that believes bad things are going to happen, then when you come under stress, you will automatically go there. You will go to negative thinking. You will go to worrying thinking. You will go to anxious thinking because that's the path you've taught your brain to follow. So if our thoughts are so powerful and they create habits and ways of living, how are we going to control our thoughts? Wouldn't you like to have control over your thoughts? Wouldn't you like to have control over your thoughts instead of your thoughts having control over you? And I think that God has some answers for us. So we're going to read a passage here from 2 Corinthians. This is Paul, and he's writing to a group of churches in this uh, 
city called Corinth. And what's been happening is some people have been questioning his leadership and talking badly about him. And so he's writing to kind of combat that. And here's what he has to say. Listen, though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. He's saying, I'm not going to fight back the way these people have been fighting against me. I'm not going to treat them the way they've been treating me. He says, no, the weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. So while they were using manipulation and gossip and slander and hatred, he's not going to fight back with that. What weapons is he talking about? And so if you read other writings of Paul, in Ephesians, he lists out what, he, what has been called by Christians for years, the armor of God. So here's the weapons he talks about. I'm going to fight back with truth and righteousness and peace, the gospel of peace. So the, the, the message of good news that Jesus died and rose for our sins, faith, salvation, and the word of God. So when people are coming against him with lies and slander and gossip, He's not going to fight back with lies and slander and gossip. He's not going to put them down or destroy their character or attack their personhood like we see very often in the public stage right now. But he's going to respond with truth. He's going to respond with being right and treating others right. He's going to respond with the message of peace that Jesus came preaching, with faith, with salvation, the, the, the message that all, think about this. When you believe that Jesus died for the world, then no matter what someone's saying to you, they are a child of God who Jesus died for. Puts it in perspective and the word of God. So, but he's going to take this from external to internal. So let's watch. Same principles apply. On the contrary, these weapons, truth, righteousness, the word of God, they have divine power, power from God, supernatural power to demolish strongholds. Now, a stronghold is just a military term for a fortified area that the enemy has created in their territory or in your territory. So think about this. Those paths of anxiety and worry and fear, they can become strongholds in our life. If you have one area, and I'm going to ask you to think about this, I'm going to ask you to write it down later today. What's your one, if you had to pick one recurring negative thought, one recurring anxious thought about your life, one recurring thought of worry that you come back to, and you come back to, and you come back to, and you come back to, it's become a stronghold. But what Paul's saying is that the weapons we fight with are built for destroying those strongholds. In fact, we demolish all of these things, arguments, and every pretension. So every, every uh, argument or explanation that comes against the truth, okay, sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And this is what we do. This is the payoff first, okay, so we're going. So he took it from external to internal. He's saying the weapons we have are weapons that are from God. They have divine power to break us free from these strongholds. And to destroy the arguments, the argumentative thinking, the negative thoughts. And here's how we do it. So what do we do? We take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. I like it better now. If you're not, if you're new to church and you haven't read the Bible before, you can actually get the Bible in a bunch of different versions, okay? Where people have uh, written it in different, trans- not different translations, like it's all English, but it's interpreting the original manuscripts slightly differently. And I like this version. It's called the New Century Version. I like how they wrote this. We capture every thought and we make it give up and obey Christ. We capture every thought. So what do we do? We capture every thought. This is it. It's all I'm teaching on tonight. We make it 
give up and obey Christ. So step, that's the whole thing. I'm not going to read it right now because we don't have as much time as I thought. But we reel it in. All right. So what we do, what we do, now it's our birthday. And so we couldn't have our birthday without me doing something stupid on stage. Right? Okay. Now, I don't even know if this is going to be possible. And I've never worn one of these before. Am I supposed to take my shoes off? Yeah? Oh. All right, good. Jonathan said something funny, but I didn't hear it. Uh, no. Okay. So, have you ever felt like your thoughts are getting away from you? Come on, help me out here. I got to fill the time. All right? Thank you. Jeez. Nope, we will see you struggle. Um, all right. So, when your thoughts are getting away from you, you need to go after them. And what happens because of the whole um, pathway thing is we're, we go on autopilot and we just let our thoughts go. When that thought comes in that says, you are a bad father, this is totally going to end up in me falling off the stage. All right? All right, thanks. You are a bad father. And because you've thought it before, you go and you ruminate on it. Remember that? Have you ever ruminated before? <laughs> How tall is the person who gave these to me? All right. And you ruminate and you think, and you wind up that anxiety wheel in your head. Oh, yeah. All right. There's got to be something back here, right? Boom. Did I get him? Over my head? Ugh. My pants are up here. They have rolled all the way up above my knees. Okay? All right. This is a visual reminder. Okay. It's a little tight in that area, Cherokee. Oh, man. All right. I don't know what else to do. Um, all right. It's the Jim Carrey. Okay? Um, all right. So, did anybody get that joke? Guys, I am like the same age as most of you. How do you not get that joke? All right. So... Reel it in, okay? Um, there is a hook on here. Yes, there is. No! All right. So as those thoughts start to get away from you, you have to make, stop it. You have to make a concerted effort to go after them and reel them in. All right, I'm not going to throw this around anymore. All right. Um, I hope I have more to say. Okay, yes. So I got this, this quote from another article that I was reading. Um, this two counselors write this blog together, and they said, most people live on autopilot most of the time. It's because our neural pathways, we've been talking about, operate under the law of least effort or the path of least resistance, and the most worn path is the strongest and easiest to travel. It's like traveling down a superhighway. So this is why it's so important what Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians. We have to take them captive. You're in control of your thoughts. You should say that to yourselves in your head right now. I am in control of my thoughts. No, no, in your head. Some of you don't even know how to think. I am in control of my thoughts. Your thoughts aren't in control of you. It's important that we believe that and we apply this. This is the kind of verse that you can memorize and you, when your thoughts start to get away from you, you can say, I'm going to take these thoughts captive. I'm going to real, hey, get back here, thought. I know 
I know this thought. I know where this is going. I'm a bad husband. I'm a bad husband. Bad husband. She doesn't really love me. She doesn't really appreciate me. This is, our marriage is never going to be good. I'm stuck in this for the rest of my life. I'm just going to grow old and cranky. Right? That's the spiral. And as right? My kids went to school this morning. They're probably going to get sick from some kid. They're come back with some bug that no one's ever heard of. We're going to end up at AI. We're going to owe like $4,000 and it's going to be horrible. Wait, right? When those things start, those are just like the past two weeks in my house, right? The, when those thoughts start, you got to catch them. You got to reel them in and be like, wait a second, capture that thought. I am not going to let you run away with my brain and then my emotions and my body and my character and my destiny. I'm not letting you run away. I'm going to reel you in. And I'm going to replace it. Reel it in and replace it. (laughs) Similar to catch and release. No, okay. (laughs) Guys, it is so hot. (laughs) I feel like I should do one of those. uh, Okay. All right. So we take every captive, take captive every thought, Guys, what? You're, they're doing the, like, the, uh, the music thing that they do at the Emmys. Oh, no. And make it give up and obey Christ. Make it give up. So you look at your thought. You address your thought. Have you ever talked to your own thoughts? It doesn't make you crazy. It's when your thoughts talk to you. Okay, so talk to your own thoughts and you say truthful things to it. So we attack it with truth and prayer. Truth and prayer. So I'm going to tell you a story from my life. Hey, guys, I'm going to tell you right now, we're not going to have the fifth song. Okay. All right. It's not going to happen. I'm like halfway through. All right. Um, You guys are eating lunch here, right? Just grab some food. I'll just keep going. Okay. So uh, uh, you've heard me tell this before if you've been in the church for a while, but a few years ago, um, I went through this thing where I had a bunch of anxiety in life that kind of pivoted right towards falling asleep. And I started to have these crazy thoughts. You're never going to fall asleep. And I would lay in bed, and it would just start, the wheel would start, "Uh uh-oh, you haven't fallen asleep yet, it's been three minutes, you're not going to fall asleep, you're not going to fall asleep, you're not going to fall asleep, you've forgotten how to fall asleep, your body doesn't know how to fall asleep. Think about falling asleep, can you make it happen? No. How does it ever happen? How have you ever fallen asleep? You've just never thought about it. Now that you know, you'll never fall asleep again. You're going to be so tired, you're going to do terrible at work tomorrow. And then your heart starts racing, so hard to stop that. You have to capture that thought. So with some therapy, and also, I'm going to be totally honest, a little bit of medication, all right? I was able to apply this verse, and here's a verse that I wrote down on a piece of paper, and I put next to my bed, and I read it every night, because I caught that thought, and I replaced it, and I read this out loud every night. I'm not lying, probably for a year. When I lie down and sleep, I will not be afraid. How good is that? When I lie down to sleep, I will not be afraid. My sleep will be sweet. And I just read that over myself. I said it out loud. I prayed it. I'd be laying there and be like, not going to fall asleep. No, no. When I lie down and sleep, my... I mean, it's not like going crazy, but you catch it and you replace it with truth and you replace it with prayer. You say, God, I pray that you would come into this thought. This thought is not true. I will fall asleep. You also can address it with truth that's not in the Bible, just logic. Like, everybody falls asleep. And other things like, you know what? If I don't fall asleep, it's not the end of the world. That's where I really needed to get to. I needed to get past the fear of not falling asleep and be like, if I don't fall asleep, I'm not going to die. Right? I'll just go read. I'll go read one of the books I've written and it'll put me asleep like that. All right? So 
This is from a different, this is from a book, Dr. Caroline Leaf, Switch on Your Brain. As we think, we change the physical nature of our brains. So we've been talking about those paths. So we can take that path and we can stop walking down it and guess what happens to it? It gets overgrown. And you make a new path and now when I lay down to go to sleep, and of course because I was teaching on this last night as I went to go to bed, I was like, uh-oh, I'm not going to fall asleep. And, and like, I was like, okay, I get to practice what I'm going to preach. And I had to work on my brain. And you know what? My pathway is way easier. And I was, it was much easier because I've made a new pathway as we consciously direct our thinking. See, this is in the Bible. This is what God is telling us through Paul. And it's scientifically proven. I just want to point out real quick, if, and we hope that there are skeptics here. We hope that you, you've been invited to church and you, you don't believe what we're talking about. We want you to be here. This is a safe place for you to be here and explore that together. Science doesn't stand against, it doesn't undermine what God is saying through our faith, what God says, what Jesus teaches. It doesn't undermine it, it underwrites it. It undergirds it. Science and faith work together. We can wire out toxic patterns of thinking and replace them with healthy thoughts. Capture, um, what, no, reel it in and replace it. Reel it in and replace it. Okay, we're going to move past this. We're going to move past this. Sorry, reel it in and replace it. Okay, so we're going to practice. Ready? Here we go. I'll never be happy unless I meet someone. Okay? So here's some truth that you can catch that thought. Reel it in. Wait a second. Let's replace it. Number one, I don't need someone to be happy. This is based on a lie. You don't need someone to be happy. God's great plan for my life is not dependent on whether I'm single or married. And there's a verse in the Bible that you could quote to yourself, like I had my verse about sleep. Gratitude. One of the great ways to attack anxiety is gratitude. And we'll talk about that more. But thank you, God, for the relationships I do have. Here's another example, right? I am not a good blank. God has made me wonderfully He's, there's a verse in Psalm 139 that you could write out, put it by your bedstand, tape it to your forehead. I don't care. God has fearfully and made, has made me, I don't know how it goes, but it's something good. All right. And, um, list what I, yeah, I failed my pastor test. Sorry guys. List what I have to offer and what I do well. So fight this thought. Don't just give into it. Don't let your thoughts run your life and run your destiny. And you choose what you believe about yourself. You choose what trails you let yourself walk down courageously face even where you can grow. Obviously, I'm not saying just ignore the fact that we all have areas to grow in, okay? We'll do one more. God is, so things have been good for a while. Something bad's bound to happen. First of all, this is a a skewed perspective of who God is. God is not a God of superstitious punishment, okay? He's a God of grace, and he's a God of blessing. And so our theology is bad, And we can attack that thought with proper theology. We can attack that thought with verses from the Bible, with truth, truth and prayer. So reel it in, replace it with truth and prayer, and repeat it. He makes a new pattern. Reel it in, replace it with truth and prayer, and then repeat it. We take captive every thought, make it give up, and obey Christ. So we're going to hand out some cards right now. (laughs) Ta-da! There's Sharon. On these cards, now you can do this, uh, since we don't, we're not going to really have our response time, um, so you can do this on your own, uh, so take this home. But what I would encourage you to do is on the front, write down one thought, one thought that you continually struggle with, that's a worrying, anxious, fearful thought. And then on the back, I want you to work out what you're going to say to that thought, okay? It's, it's, it should take a little bit of time. Think about and if you want some help, you can email me. I would be glad to work over it. We can meet and talk about it. We can pray about it together. Um, talk to your small group 
leader about it if you need some help, but work out what are you going to say? What are you going to respond? How are you going to, what are you going to replace it with? Reel it in and replace it. And then repeat. Do I have more slides? Do you need my clicker? Stop working. Okay. Go back one, please. Imagine what your life would be like if you controlled your thoughts instead of your thoughts controlling you. So let's stand together. All right, maybe I won't take this off right now. <laughs> um, I want to pray for you, and then here's what we're going to do when we're done. Uh, we have, in a little bit, the meat's going to be out. We have several kinds of meat because Charky is so generous. Um, he's got several kinds of meat. We want to invite everybody to stay. Listen, if today's your first day, please stay. We, we have plenty of food, and you can eat for free. If you're here for your first time, Please stay and eat for free. The rest of us, it's going to be $5 a person, 15 total if you have a big family. Um, and there's a, there's a little card reader we're going to have over there to make it nice and easy. While we're waiting for the meat to get set up, we're going to throw some music on. If you could help by moving the chairs and stacking them against the wall over there, that would be a huge help. Could we do that together? Now, listen, there's some cords and there's the projectors. Sometimes people try to be helpful and help us with those. And we would rather you just leave them. And then we'll have our team, we'll tear them down because they know how to do the cords and stuff. So, deal? Okay, let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for um, the fact that you, God, are more powerful than our thought life, God. And sometimes it doesn't feel like that. Sometimes it feels like our thoughts just run away and we can't catch them. And we feel like we're slaves to our thoughts. But I, I pray that starting this week, we could start to have control of our thoughts instead of letting them have control over us, God. God, I pray in Jesus' name that we could take every thought captive and make it give up and obey the truth. Let us reel it in and replace it with truth and prayer. God, we pray a breaking. Right now, if you're here today and you feel like, yes, I have strongholds in my mind that I go to on a regular basis, that I know are negative, that I know are worrying and anxious, I'm going to ask you just to, everybody keep your eyes closed. If you know you have like those recurring thoughts, could you just raise your hand? If you know there's ongoing thoughts, raise your hand. Don't be afraid. Good. I just want you to keep your hand up. I want to pray for you right now. So in Jesus' name, I pray for everyone whose hand is up right now that you would come, Holy Spirit, and that you would bring a freedom from those strongholds. You say that we have divine weapons to break those strongholds. I pray in Jesus' name that those strongholds would begin to be broken today. In Jesus' name, I pray that you would give them a plan that goes beyond praying right now and would lead us all, because I have them too, lead us into wholeness and healing. Okay, you can put your hands down, but keep your eyes closed. If anybody's here today who's thinking, you know what, I'm ready to become a follower of Jesus. I've been waiting, and you know what, some things are said today that just really made sense. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? Everybody's eyes closed. If you want to make that first-time commitment or... If you've been out of church for a long time and you're like, you know what, I want to recommit my life to Jesus, just raise your hand here. If anybody wants to do this, raise your hand. I'm just going to pray for you up here. I'm not going to point you out. All right, thank you, Jesus. So let's end. God, thank you for your love and thank you for the food. Help us to have a great time hanging out and celebrating. Uh, thank you for this year and all you've done. And we look forward to all you're going to do in the coming year. Amen. Amen. Amen.